0: Um, we'll be going through, taking a closer look at, at verses um, 8 through 18, so if you have a Bible with you, you can, you can get ahead of the get, get ahead and, and open it up to Acts chapter 14, but we'll have the words up on the screen as well, if you, uh, if you like. Before we get there, we're going to skim through chapter 13 to give a little bit of background of, of where we're at, and, and as a church, we've been going through Acts um, for the past little while. This story, Acts of the Apostles, is called the story of the early church and, and after Jesus' death and resurrection and, and appearing to many people how the church started to grow and expand and, and lots of it's the stories of, of different Christians heading out into different parts of the world and just telling, telling people the good news. Now before we get to our, our text for today I want to I, I give a little bit of, uh, just set the tone, talk a little bit about the Trinity. So the Trinity of course is, is who God is. Um, three in one we talk about God being one being God but then three persons, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Jesus, and, and Holy Spirit. And, and these three, they're three different persons, but they're one being. And so, for us, we're, we're one being. I'm one being, but I'm also one person. And so, with God, it's like, we've got this, this three-in-one going on. And, and the reason, or one of the reasons why that's important is because we see in creation, we see in, in the way that the church works, that God, the, the fact that God is community, he's already in community with himself, and he's been in community with himself from eternity past and will be until eternity future, Um, that manifests itself in how he created the world and how he created us and how he calls us to live. And so in our passage today, we can see times where it's like, hey, this, this looks like it could have been a job that just one person did, or this is a job that God could have done on his own, but he called this individual to work together with this individual to get things done. And, and, and if we just look at that on its own, we're like, well that doesn't, why, why did God do that stuff that way? Why, well, that doesn't make sense. That's not, it doesn't seem wise, it doesn't seem logical. And sometimes the reason is because this is who God is. God is community and he creates and he works in community and so he calls us to be a part of his community and to do the work that he has for us rather than just doing it himself or, or just working through individuals, which of course sometimes happens. But because of the Trinity, God loves to work in, in community. So at the beginning of, of Acts chapter 13, we see uh, Paul and Barnabas and John Mark and they're in this village called, or this town called uh, Antioch. And um, these, are, these are kind of the three characters we'll be talking about today. Paul is this uh, guy, he's also known as Saul. And he, he had been, he was a guy that was persecuting the Christians. There was lots of Christians, early Christians that were killed for their faith. And Paul was one that was, was a part of that. He was persecuting the Christians. And then Jesus appeared to him and said, hey, Paul, you're, you're, you're persecuting me. And, and Paul had this miraculous conversion experience. He became a Christian. He, started, he changed teams. He was persecuting Christians, and then he became a Christian. And then we have uh, Barnabas, who we'll, we'll see in our, our story today as well. And Barnabas, Barnabas is the guy that he just loves everybody. He's, Barnabas means encourager, and that's who he was. He, this was the nickname he was given because he was just, he was just the... The guy that you're having a bad day and he just comes up beside you and just loves on you and just encourages you. And, and in fact, when Paul first came to the church and said, hey, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys now. Of course, the church was like, yeah, we've heard about you, Paul, and, and you can't join with us. And it was Barnabas that came alongside Paul and said, hey, you know what, guys, I'll vote for this guy because I've seen the change in his life. And so that's Barnabas. And then there was John Mark. And John Mark, um, he, uh, he was like their, he was like their Padawan. He was like the young guy. He was just kind of figuring out his faith. I mean, all this, this is the early church, so everybody was figuring out their faith, but, but John Mark was the, was the young guy, and, and in our story today, we'll see, as they, they travel to one particular uh, city, and John Mark, at that point, he decides, you know what, I just need to go home, and so he, had, he takes a ship back to Jerusalem, where his mom lives, it's back home, and, and later on, we won't get into that story today, but later on, Paul and Barnabas are like, um, they're heading out on another, a different, Journey, And Barnabas, of course, being the guy that just, just is quick to forgive, quick to give everybody another chance, is like, hey, we should take, uh, we should take John Mark with us again. And Paul says, you know, I, he, he abandoned us last time, that's not going to work. And these guys had such a sharp disagreement that Paul ended up going off on his missionary journey one way, and, and Barnabas and, and John Mark ended up going another way. And so I tell you, I tell you this in part so that we can, we can get a picture of, of these people as we're, as we're looking through these stories but also because you can see how, how uh, there's just all these different relationships, right? And this is how God works, and this is who God is. And so even in these three people, we see the different relationships where, where uh, Paul and Barnabas are like the, the um, I guess you could say the mature Christians, and John is, 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 is traveling with them, and then there the interactions of Paul and Barnabas, even they have some disagreements at times, and, and things just... Uh, um, work-in relationship. So, um, so these three guys are in Antioch, and Paul and Barnabas, they're praying and fasting with some of the other Christians, right? And then the Holy Spirit tells all of them, because he's not, he, he works in community, right? So he's not just telling Paul, he's not just telling Barnabas, he's telling all these Christians, this, this smaller group of Christians that are gathered together, the Holy Spirit tells them, hey, I've got some work for Paul and Barnabas to do. I've got an important mission for them. And so they send them off. They pray over them. They send Paul and Barnabas off. Um, and then John Mark joins with them as well. And, and uh, the three of them head off. And the, the journey that the three of them go on becomes later known. We call it um, Paul's first missionary journey. And, and so this is, the, this is the journey that they're going on. I've got a map that will help us as we, uh, as we follow along. And so we'll get up on the screen there. And so they start off in, in Antioch, which is it might be too small to see. But anyway, if you can see it, you can see it. If you can't, I'll sort of describe it. So they, the guys start off in Antioch, which is up in uh, northern, um, well, what, what today we would call Syria, and they've been doing some, some work there. And then it's time to go, so they head down to the uh, port town of, of Seleucia. Excuse me. And, um, and from there, they catch a ship over to this island called Cyprus. And they start just telling people about Jesus on Cyprus. And Barnabas is actually from Cyprus, so, so I'm sure that he connects with some of his family, and he's, he maybe knows the lay of the land a little bit better than Paul. Um, so they start on one side, and they travel across, and, and you can read this in, in Acts 13. They, there's some, some interesting stuff that happens, but they get to the other side of the island, and they, they jump on another ship, um, and they head back to the mainland, up to uh, Perga. Now, once they get to Perga, this is where John Mark decides, hey, guys, this is or whatever, whatever he's thinking, this is too much for me, or, or I just need to go home, or whatever it is. He, he probably jumped on a ship, and, and from Perga, he goes back to Jerusalem. And then John Mark, or sorry, and then, uh, and Mark actually, just for a little more context, Mark, John Mark is probably the guy that wrote the Gospel of, of Mark. Anyway, so he heads back to Jerusalem. Uh, Paul and Barnabas, they continue with this missionary journey. And from Perga, and um, they're preaching there, they head up to Antioch. It's a different Antioch, there's two Antiochs in this story. There's the one over here and there's, there's the one um, in the Syria area and then there's this one that they, they head to now so don't get the two Antiochs mixed up. Anyway, they head to Antioch and every time they go into a town, they find the synagogue, right, like the local, um, like a local Jewish church and the, oftentimes the, the believers there will say something, will say, hey, guys, have you got any encouraging words for us? And they'll say, oh, yeah, we do so. And usually Paul will get up there and he'll, he'll just tell them about Jesus. right? He'll tell them, you know what, guys? This, uh, this, this Jesus, he loves you. He is God. He died for you to pay the price for your sins. But then that wasn't the end of it. He, he, he was dead for, for three days, but then he rose from the dead, and now he's alive. And if you read through one of the um, stories that we get here, and I can't remember if it's in Antioch or when they get over to uh, Iconium, um, you can see Paul, he's talking to, he's, he's at the synagogue, he's preaching to the um, to the Jewish people, right? And he knows their history and because he's a Jew himself. And, and, he, uh, and so in his in proclaiming Jesus, he's, he's appealing to their history. He's telling them, hey, this is all your history. This is how we live. And this is what this means. This points to Jesus. And he tells them all about uh, Jesus. And, and it's significant that he, he, he preaches that way because later on when we get to our, our uh, chapter for today, you'll see that Paul doesn't, in chapter 14, Paul doesn't appeal to the Israelite history in his talk there because the people he's talk to, talking to aren't, aren't Jewish, they're not Israelites. And so he appeals instead to creation. We're talking about the God that created the universe, that created the heavens and the earth. Um, but here while he's talking to the Israelites, to the, or sorry, to the Jewish people in, this, in their synagogue, he, he appeals to their... Um, history and and one of the big parts of his message there is this this idea of the resurrection right because it's like hey if this Jesus really rose from the dead then that's kind of a big deal right if he really conquered death that's that's kind of the ultimate victory and so um, people you might say yeah you this is this is the Jesus that you want to turn to and this is the Jesus that you want to trust <clears throat> so then they uh, yeah they get to Antioch or sorry the Antioch and Iconium they do kind of do the same thing. They, they give these different messages. And there's always, seems to be a few people that believe that start um, following Jesus and, and make him their Lord and Savior. But then there's also usually a group that's like, that doesn't like this. They, 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 uh, they continue to persecute Paul and Barnabas. And, and sometimes we'll see cases where they, they, they drive them out of town. And so this is what happens in, in Iconium they drive Paul and Barnabas out of town. And Paul and Barnabas, they, they take off, they flee to uh, Lystra and, and Derbe. And um, and start preaching, preaching God there, preaching Jesus there. <clears throat> and when they get to uh, um, when they get to, so it's in it's in uh, Lystra that that uh, Paul and Barnabas are at when we get to our story for today. Um, and this is where this is where our verses pick up, uh, Acts chapter fourteen verses. Eight to 18 and I'll get uh, again I'll get those up on the screen you can follow along in your Bible if you like but Acts chapter 14 verses 8 to 10 Um, and now this is the guys are in Lystra they've been doing the same thing they've been preaching about Jesus and Paul in the verse following or just before Paul says he's just been he's just been doing just that verse 8 now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet he was crippled from birth and had never walked Right? And, and, and Luke here, Luke's the author of, of Acts. And so, for whatever reason, Luke decides, hey, I've got to tell you this three different ways that this guy, he couldn't walk. <clears throat> and so he listened to Paul speaking. And Paul, looking intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. And when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in Lyconian, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus, and Paul Hermes, because Paul was the chief, the chief speaker. And now, as, as the story goes on, you'll see that eventually Paul and Barnabas realize what's going on, and they're like, whoa, guys, stop, don't, don't worship us, because the people start to worship Paul and, and Barnabas. But, but I think this, this, uh, it's likely that Paul and Barnabas couldn't speak. This Lyconian language, so the guys, the people that are crying this stuff out are speaking a different language. Paul and Barnabas are like, whoa, what's going on here? And you can see as you read through the story, it's like, well, this got out of hand pretty, pretty quickly. And part of the reason was because they were speaking different languages. <clears throat> so verse 13, And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance to the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifices with the crowd. Now, the, 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 in the region, these, these gods, these false gods, Um, Zeus and Hermes, there was a history there, there were legends and they were expecting Zeus and Hermes to to return someday and so then Paul and Barnabas show up, it's like hey there's two of them and Paul just, this miracle just happened so these must be, these must be the gods that we've been waiting for and then carrying on in in verse 14, but when the apostles Paul and Barnabas, or sorry Barnabas and Paul, Heard of it? They tore their garments and rushed out into the crowd, crying, Men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news, that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Verse 16, in past generations he allowed all the nations to walk in their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without witness. For he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. And then even when these words, sorry, even with these words, they scarcely restrained the people from offering sacrifices to them. All right, let's let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would open your word today, that you would teach us the things that you want to teach us, that you would be glorified, that you would be proclaimed. And you would be proclaimed in, in the way that best, best brings you glory, in the way that you want to be proclaimed, and you would teach us, your people, the, the things that you would teach us today. Praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so there's, uh, there's three things that happen here in this, in this uh, text that I want to take a closer look at that I'd like you to see today. Um, we'll start back at verses verses 8 and 9, Acts chapter 14, verses 8 and 9. Now, at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking, right? And, and remember here that in the verse just before, Paul had been preaching. So he'd been, he'd been telling these people, um, hey, you know what? Jesus, this guy, you might have heard the rumors about him, and it's true. He died. He was crucified. He died for, for each of you, um, and then he rose back from the dead. And so, so this guy that's, uh, that can't walk is there listening, and and this is probably the first time that he's really heard the good news proclaimed. This is the first time he's really heard it laid out clearly that this is who Jesus is. This God came down to, to rescue him. And there's something going on in his heart, right? He's starting to believe. He believes, yeah, this is, this is true. I, I believe this. <clears throat> and so this guy, he listened, he listened to Paul speaking. And Paul, looking intently at him, and seeing that he had faith to be made well, and then it carries on, or, or in the, in the uh, NIV, Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed. Okay, so who... Who had the faith here? <clears throat> was it Paul? No, it was the guy. It was the guy being healed. And, and this, is, this is important because we often think that it's the person healing or working the miracle, that has all the power, as it were, or that has all the gifts or has all the abilities. And in this case, Paul certainly plays a part, right? We'll talk about his part in a minute. But think back to what we learned about the, about the Trinity, about how God is community and therefore. He also works in community. And so this was, this was the way that he chose to work um, through Paul and, and in this man's life. <clears throat> so in, the, in this interaction in, in Acts chapter 14, Paul couldn't act unilaterally, right? He couldn't just do his own thing. Even if Paul had perfect faith, he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been able to just do the healing on his own. Really? Yeah, think about um, Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 13. This is the story... Um, where he comes back to his, his hometown. He's been out away from, from his hometown, Nazareth. He comes back and, and he couldn't heal there because the people there, they didn't have faith. They didn't believe that the local kid could work miracles, could do stuff like that. Matthew thirteen fifty eight. And Jesus did not do many miracles in Nazareth because of their lack of faith. Or like how Mark six puts it, verses uh, five and six. Jesus could not do any miracles in, Laz- in Nazareth except to lay hands on a few people who were healed, who were ill and healed them. He was amazed at their lack of of faith. Now listen, of course, God can do whatever he wants, right? He has the power to heal whomever he wants and the authority to heal whomever he wants. But he chooses to make us a part of his work in this world. He chooses to do miracles in community with us because that's who God is. So it was the faith of the guy about to be healed that allowed him to be healed, right? And sometimes... Sometimes <clears throat> you might hear people talk about faith as a, as a tool that allows us to get better or to get rich or to get whatever. And so when I talk about faith and, and being healed, this guy being healed in, in the relationship with his faith, you might ask, all right, Pastor, so, so you're saying that it's my fault that I'm sick or, or it's my fault that, that God hasn't worked a miracle in my life? Or you're saying that I just don't have enough faith? And certainly, if you don't expect God to work miracles in your life, then, then he might not. But no, I'm not saying that it's your fault that you haven't experienced healing or, or freedom or, or whatever else. First of all, faith is a gift from God, and we see that, that's, we see that throughout the Bible, one place is Acts 3.16. But second, rather than thinking, do I have enough faith? Sometimes it's better to ask, do I have faith, right? Jesus talked about faith as, as us just having the faith of a, a mustard seed, um, and with that, mountains could be moved. And so sometimes it's a, it's a yes, no question. Do I expect God to work reckless ways in my own life? Yes, no? And this also applies in other people's lives. Think of, of Lazarus, that story of, of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Um, it wasn't Lazarus' faith, right? He was, he was dead. Um, and if you look for it in the story, in John 11, you can see that, that, that the person that had faith was his sister, Martha. <clears throat> or, or remember the story of the guy that was lowered through the roof, right? Jesus was was teaching, and and this guy, um, this guy was on. A, he was sick. He was on a, a mat, and so his friends brought him, and, and they couldn't get to Jesus, so they cut a hole in the roof and they lowered him down. <clears throat> and then Jesus healed him, and and that's a good one to study because there we see the we see it was the faith of his friends, and we also see authority of Jesus in that story. So yes, no question. Do Do I expect God to work in miraculous ways in my friend's life? And then the next question is well, well how do I how do I get this kind of faith? Even just a little bit, how do I get this kind of faith? Well you need to we need to exercise. If you want to get big pipes right big muscles and you got to go to the gym and and work out a little bit. And when you go there you lift heavier and heavier weights and it's the same with faith we we exercise our faith and, and as we as we step out in faith and as we trust god our faith becomes stronger and so we start with the easy stuff there's there's some stuff in each of our lives where god has been faithful every single day right or, or maybe for you it's like god's been faithful every week or or every year over and over again you see god's faithfulness and yet sometimes we get those kind of examples of god's faithfulness and still we get to the place where it's like oh god you've been faithful 365 days, but are you going to be faithful again tomorrow? Right? We just, it's, it, faith is hard. And so sometimes we get to the place where, God, I, I can see that you've been faithful, but tomorrow's another new day. Are you going to be faithful tomorrow? <clears throat> and my personal example of this is preaching. Um, every sermon, whether it's a month out or a week out, starts with, Lord, what have, what, what have you got me? What have you got for me to proclaim and teach? And every time he gives me something, and maybe it's, maybe it's not something that feeds you. I hope that it is. That's partially related to your faith. But by faith, I know that every time I'm called, I'll have something to preach. And week after week, God's always been faithful in this. If I'm running out of time and things aren't coming together, I have faith that they will. And, and I've had to take that step of faith, looking back at God's faithfulness and saying, Oh, God, you're faithful, and I, I'm... I'm I'm having a hard time having faith, but I'm going to step out in faith, and I believe that you are going to show up again. Or here's one in this passage, in, in Acts chapter 14, um, that our, this passage here does talk about this, right? You're worried that there won't be enough rain this year, right? And year after year, God has been faithful. Maybe not always in the way that you would expect or like, but he has been faithful, right? And so then we can, we, we look at that and we use that to boost our faith and take another step of faith and trust that, yes, Lord, you're, you've been faithful in the past and you will be faithful in the future. Then there's what I today am calling more medium faith, more, a little bit more difficult. Maybe this is something that hasn't worked out in the past, right? Maybe you felt that God wasn't there for you. You prayed about something and God didn't answer the way that you hoped he would. And so there's a risk in taking another step of faith because you know that God, I don't see how, how I don't see how you answer this prayer, and I don't. I'm having a hard time with this, and I don't see. I've got a similar situation coming up, and I know how this played out last time, and I don't know. And the question in that case is: Are we gonna? Are we gonna trust God, right? Am I gonna trust you again, Lord? Are you going to? Are we going to? Am I going to? Are we gonna step out in faith again? And, and with these kind of steps of faith, it's not stepping out knowing that. God was faithful the way that you hoped he would be, but instead, it's stepping out in faith because you know that God is good, right? We remind ourselves that God is good, and even though I, I don't understand this, Lord, still, I know that you're good, and I'm going to take this step of faith, to step out into this thing that, that I'm scared of, that I believe you're calling me to, and I believe that, that you will be there. And so this takes a different kind of faith, and we grow that kind of faith, again, by, by exercising it, by stepping out in faith, believing that God is good, even though we don't understand some of the things he did or didn't do in the past. And then next, I'd say that the, the faith that's exercised in, in Acts chapter 14, I'd say this is another kind of even maybe stronger faith. And, and you read the example here, and you read um, other biblical examples of, of faith, or, or even when you observe it in, in the lives maybe of, of some of your friends that know Jesus, and you'll see that it's, that, that kind of faith, the faith that's exhibited here is not, it's not often, I believe that God's going to heal me today, but rather, I believe that if God wants to heal me, he can, and if he wants to heal me today, that he will, right? We have that faith, not, not, not always of knowing exactly how that's going to play out, but knowing that God can, and that his will will be done, <clears throat> And so in the case of the guy that, that couldn't walk here in our story in Acts chapter 14 today, I don't think that, that he had even thought about that this would be the day when he would all of a sudden be able to walk. I don't imagine that his faith had, had intellectually worked itself out. He, it says Paul saw his faith, but it's unlikely that, it, that his faith said, hey, you know what, today Paul's going to call me and I'm going to stand. I suspect his faith was more, hey, you know what, I just heard the good news. I just heard all about Jesus and God. And I believe, and I believe that he is a good God, and I believe that he called, rose, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead, and therefore I believe that he can work whatever miracles he wants to work. <clears throat> <clears throat> so he heard, he, he, he heard Paul proclaim Jesus, and he believed, and, and when Paul saw that, when Paul saw that this man had faith, and when he called the guy to stand, Right? The guy's response was, Oh, you know what? I, I, I can't stand. I, I can't walk. Right? And he didn't say, Are you trying to work a miracle here? No, I'm, I'm not worthy of that. Right? And, and it also wasn't, All right, well, let me think about this. Um, is this reasonable? I mean, I haven't been able to walk since I was born. Why would that change today? No, thanks. But that wasn't his attitude. Instead, he had faith, and God used that. God used Paul to bless that faith. Okay, yeah, so what about the case when, when, when I have faith and it doesn't work out the way that I'm expecting? <clears throat> the, working out of the working out of the gym illustration might be helpful here again. <clears throat> when you can't lift that weight that you want, right, that doesn't mean that you failed. And so faith Similar. It's similar. It's exercised in community, and ultimately faith is in God. So when the outcome wasn't what we expected, or what you expected, what I expected, then we're learning. Is this an example of God's sovereignty? Right? His plans are different than, than ours. So we're learning when we step out in faith, we're learning to trust Him, even though it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. Did this not work out because of someone else's faith? Right? Um, we're learning that, that faith is exercised in community. And maybe, maybe this is an opportunity to teach or encourage your brother or sister, your fellow Christian. Or is this a case where this miracle that I was expecting actually wasn't in line with Jesus' will, right? I'm, I'm learning to better discern God's will, to better, to better understand what God's will is and what, what he wants in, in my life and in my community. <clears throat> Think of it this way. The, the guy that... The guy that couldn't walk believed that God could heal him, but he didn't know when or if he would. And Paul knew that God could heal this man, and he knew that now was the time. Right? Is, is your faith challenged most in knowing whether God can or whether God will? Think about it, because this will, will help you when you set up your faith-building exercise routine. Do you have the most difficulty believing God can work miracles, or do you, have, or, or do you know that God can but you're just not sure that he will or, or that he wants to, right? And, and these, are the, these are the questions we want to be asking ourselves. Where is, where, where, Lord, where is it that you would increase my faith? Okay, so next, uh, following along in Acts chapter 14, verses 9 and 10. So the man who had never walked listened to Paul speaking. And Paul, looking at ten, intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he sprang up and began walking. Seeing that he had faith to be made well, Paul said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. So Paul notices something in this guy. He sees that he has faith. And then by the Holy Spirit, Paul commands him to stand. And Paul wasn't timid, right? He's not like, hey, did you want to try... Standing up, maybe God will heal you. Let's just let's just see what happens. I mean, he wasn't like that. He he had faith. He said, "You man that has never walked, who cannot use his feet, stand upright on your feet, friends." This is sometimes our role. We see someone that has faith, faith in Jesus. Maybe it's someone we don't even know. We hear the old. We hear the holy instruct. We hear the Holy Spirit instruct us. Command that person to stand. Command that person to. Whatever it is, whatever faith you see there, whatever it is that God is calling them to. So in every situation, we want to listen to the Holy Spirit. What's he doing right now? What's going on right now? Not just for me as an individual, but in, in this community of people and, and in this community with, with God. Or even think about some of the people in your life that you love. They might have faith, but they need to call you. They, they need you to call them to step out in faith. They have the faith is there. Just needs to be called out. <clears throat> this isn't a "you can do it, I believe in you" kind of a thing. This is this is seeing someone's faith and then commanding them to take the step the Holy Spirit has for them. And this is practical, friends. Okay, so back to Acts chapter fourteen. Um, so after this man that can't walk stands up, all the locals are like, "Whoa, this guy! These these guys, Paul and, and Barnabas! These guys are gods!" And they don't realize, of course, that no, Paul and Barnabas aren't gods. But they do worship a god that works in community. So the locals, they try to worship and offer sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. And then we zip down to verse uh, 15. Um, Paul and Barnabas respond to us. They tear their clothes and they cry out, Men, why are you doing this? Why are you doing these things? We are also men of like nature with you. And we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living god who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. And so when a, when a miracle happens, our natural response is to explain it away, right? That wasn't God. That was coincidence, random. The natural outcome of, of my good choices or hard work. That was Mother Nature. As Christians, our job is to, to take that and to turn the glory back to God. Say, no, that, that, that wasn't coincidence. That was God. That's God working in your life. And we're doing two things here. Number one, we're giving glory to God, which is why we're here, to bring glory to him. But also, we're teaching others to give glory to God. So, for example, we we pray for rain, we pray for moisture, and by faith, we believe that God will provide what we need. We remind ourselves that he's always provided for us in the past, and then when the rain comes, we give thanks to God. Okay, so let's wrap up. Here's some questions that that I think we want to be asking ourselves. First of all, are you watching for people with faith? Are you looking out? Are you looking to see, hey, there's somebody with... And this might be somebody that's already following Jesus, or somebody that's not. Maybe it's the person that's not following Jesus, and you can see that faith starting to grow there. And your job is to say, hey, see some faith growing here, and and this is what it means. This is who Jesus is. Um, Or maybe it's a a brother or sister in Christ, and you can see, you can see that faith. So we want to be watching out for this. Do that this week. Um, And then instruct them. Or ask, God, am I to instruct these persons to, this person to turn that faith into action? Um, When someone calls you to a a step of faith that's beyond you, how do you respond? Right? Next time someone calls you to something that's beyond you, ask yourself, ask God, I can't do this. Is this a step of faith? And when God works miracles in your life, you give him the glory. Right? Next, next miracle, whether it's tiny, whether it's God's faithfulness, whether it's huge, bigger little, give thanks to God. And friends, I, can, I, I know most of you, and those that I do know, I love, and I can see your faith, and so I call it out. I, I command you, I instruct you, this week even, to step out in faith. You've got the, 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 the faith is there, and, and, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is calling you to step out in that faith. <clears throat> I believe that, that he will do miraculous things through you. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh, thank you that we can give glory to you and Lord, um, yeah I pray I ask that you would bless your, your people that are gathered here. I, I ask especially Lord that you would ask that you would bless the, the visitors that are with us today, for anybody that might be listening online, Lord that, um, Lord that if nothing else, that you you encourage them through your word. and Lord, we pray that that even this week um, that we would be able to Give you the glory for for some wonderful things that you do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's communion Sunday this morning. So we get to...